Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Let's, let's do some teaching a little bit. Matthew 6 has been on my heart and mind, and I, I want to really, and this may sound familiar. I don't like using familiar because it may not be familiar to some, but let's go to Matthew 6, and let's, I want to take it verse by verse. Can we do that? All right, so let's do this. But when you, uh, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in, who is in the secret place, and your father who sees and secret will reward you openly everyone let's read verse seven together and when you pray let's stop right there for a second let's teach here for a second here in matthew 6 thank you son you already given me amen hallelujah training you well amen so let me, I want to talk to you from the subject, the pattern of prayer. I want to stop here for a second. All right, let's talk about the pattern of prayer. Here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, we're in Matthew chapter six, and Jesus is giving some instructions to his disciples. He's telling him what not, they're tell, he's telling them what not to do and then telling them what to do. So he gets into a lot of don't do this, but this is how you go about it this way. All right. And so what I love about God is this is that God, this is he's not a God that tells you to do something and don't display how you do it. This is what I love about the God of the Bible and that Jesus is God, the manifestation of God here on, on the earth. All right. That he's the visible manifestation of God. And so what I like about this is God is telling him, uh, Jesus is telling them that, hey, don't do as the heathens do. Don't do as the hypocrites do in some uh, uh, translations, ladies and gentlemen. And what he does and what we're uh, focusing on in our verses today is as it pertains to prayer. All right. As it pertains to prayer, he's telling them what not to do versus what you need to do. Amen. And so he's giving them instructions the first thing he tells him, tells them to do is, uh, number one, he tells them not to do. He says, uh, uh, don't be like the heathen or the hypocrites because this is what they do. They put on. Don't be that person. That's right. Let's go here because in verse five, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling them that they want to pray all in public so that they can be seen. Now, let me put a caveat here. Jesus is not saying that it is wrong to pray in in public. What Jesus is coming for is the motive behind why they are doing what they're doing. You have to understand that sometimes people want to be like the Bible contradicts itself. No, what it's really alluding to is a lot of times is the motives that people have. It's really that heart issue, the old arterial motives that people have that, oh, I want to pray publicly because I want to be made seem like I'm spiritual. And while you may fool people, the one thing that people have to understand is you cannot fool God and God knows who is his. I want to be very clear. God knows who is his. He knows the voices of his children because not everybody is God's children. There's a difference between being creation versus being his child. There's a difference. While we are all God's creation, we are not all his children. 
because people, the, 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 the creation is corrupted. His children has been regenerated. <laughs> Make a difference. Uh, we are all God's children. No, we're not. We're all God's creation. I'm actually his child. I don't know about you. Amen. You're a heathen, a hypocrite, as they would say. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Amen. He said, don't be like them. They want to put on what Jesus is telling him is that he has a problem with those who want to voice him publicly, but they're real heathens inside. I'm a proud. He got a problem with people. You want to be heard like, oh, I'm so spiritual. Oh, they so deep. They deep, deep. Jesus is saying, don't be like them. But what, what you do is go into your secret closet. He said, listen, he's not coming against you praying publicly, but he's saying you shut the door because your father who is in the secret place, your father sees you in secret and will reward you openly because here's what Jesus is coming for. He's coming for those who make it seem just because you're public with it or just because you have this form of this form of spiritualism or this form of godliness don't mean that God sees them in private. He said, listen, don't be like them because I want to also show you this. And this is why God gave me this is because the, the Pharisees came up to Jesus one day and they asked him, why does your disciples not, uh, ladies and gentlemen, fast like we do? Jesus says they don't have to right now. I'm here. What would they need to fast for? But what Jesus says, when you pray, that means there's coming a time that you are going to have to pray. Because I'm no longer going to be here. That's right. That's right. And this is what you do. Shut the door. I don't care where it is, your, 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 uh, your shower, your, your, your somewhere private or somewhere to yourself. He said, take that time. Because guess what? What's going to happen is they think that the father is going to reward them. But guess what? I'm going to reward you what you do in secret. I'm going to reward you openly. <laughs> Everybody else put on and want to think that they're going to get it. But listen, the real ones know. When you are a real one, God knows who his real ones are. He says, and they think that they're going to be blessed openly because of their vain words. He said, don't worry about them. Because when you pray. Do it in the shut door. You don't got to always be seen. It ain't about you. It's about your relationship with him. We're going to get into that in a second. Verse 7, let's do this. Got to move. And when you pray, again, this is saying, Jesus is not telling him, and if you pray. No, he's saying when. He's saying you go have to. When you pray, he says, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. What is Jesus talking to? What is he talking about? He's meaning they say the same thing over and over again, thinking that they're going to get a different response. Using vain words. All these big words, they think that that cares to matters to God. That's not how prayer works. Get into it in a second. They want to keep using the same old things over and over again because some people make a big deal about because they pray for an hour, but sometimes it's isn't an effective hour. Because for some, you could be blabbing and blabbing and blabbing and blabbing and never said nothing. I'm not coming for you praying for an hour. You want to build yourself to get there, but he's saying don't be so vain with what you're trying to say and because you're trying to make it seem like you're spiritual with your words. Don't do like them. 
Because you could have had an effective prayer in five minutes more than somebody who prayed for an hour. Who just kept on using vain words. Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. Now I know somebody who did that. We used to call, I'm not going to go there, but we know somebody. Father God, Father God. Oh, Father God. He ain't said nothing. That's what Jesus is talking about. Because they would come for a prayer hour. There was different prayer windows in, in Judaism. You have to understand this. And for a prayer hour, they would come. That's what was going on. I'm telling you. People do it now. And they think I'm praying. No. No. Because that's not real prayer. That's, that's, what, that's what we call, what the Bible calls praying amiss. So here's what happens. Jesus then introduces to us a pattern or a model to use. And we have coined it the Lord's Prayer, but the Lord don't need a pot model of how to pray. He knows that. We've labeled it the Lord's Prayer, and I'm like, this is not the Lord's Prayer. This is a model that God is giving for the disciples. It's better known as the disciples' prayer. You get what I'm saying? Because the Lord, he's God. (laughs) He don't got to pray. He don't need prayer. You do. He didn't say when you and I pray. He says when you pray. I don't need it. This is what you need. You get what I'm saying? So let's get into the next verses here. I wanted to teach that real quick so we can get into this. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Let me also point you right here. Let me tell you something. You are not informing God of anything. You're not informing of God of anything. What you have to understand what prayer does is you're inviting God. You're inviting him in where you are. You're inviting him. You are no, you are now saying, and as Ryan just gave me the word, acknowledging, meaning that you are acknowledging the fact that you are the mere creation and he is the creator. You are acknowledging the fact that you are small, he's big. You are acknowledging the fact that you are ignorant and that he's all-knowing. You are acknowledging the fact that God is the master of it all. He knows everything. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And so I am bringing him into my situation. Now, let's not make it all about my situation. Now, prayer is I am inviting God in my communion and fellowship time. I'm bringing him where I am. And I'm coming to where he is, as Elder Vernon told us earlier today. Amen. Hey, everyone. I'm Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, alongside my lovely wife. Hi, everyone. I'm Leticia Hill. And we wanted to invite you to Summer at Transformation Christian Fellowship. Woo! It's going down. Hey, sweetie, tell them a little bit about what's going down every Sunday. Absolutely. Come and enjoy the summer with us every Sunday in those months. We are going to be celebrating after service with special events for you and your family. 
Yes, you and your family are gonna have a great time here with our community. Let's build community, let's have fun, enjoy Jesus all summer long. And as well as we have some outreach initiatives that are going down that we want you to be a part of here at TCF. Listen, for more information, go to our website so you can stay connected. Also follow us in all of our social media pages as you keep it locked on the summer here at TCF. Listen, we want to invite you every Sunday, so bring a friend because you never know what we're going to do during service to yes. bless somebody. We might throw some curveballs Yeah, exactly. So you do not want to miss it. And remember, transformation, transformation starts, starts here. Help, me under, help you understand something. So you're not informing God. He already knows what you need before you ask. That's it. Well, if he already knows, why can't why he just don't do it? Because you ain't invite him. You ain't invite him. You're not asking him to come where you are. There's a difference between complaining to him versus asking. You have not because you didn't ask. <laughs> People are like, but I, I compl you complained about it. You didn't ask. There's got to come a time in your, when, you're, when you're talking to God that you actually make an ask. You complaining, well, God, my children is da-da-da-da-da, but did you ask him to intervene in it? Well, Lord, these people at my job, but da 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 I don't know how I'm going to get this deal done, and da, 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 but did you ask for wisdom? Come on, come on. So you're telling God all of this stuff, all of the, get down to the basis, what do you need? <laughs> what do you need? You know how sometimes when we're young and we ask our parents, we you try to bid around the bush and be like, you know, you're so, you're so nice today. You're the best father and mother there is. You know, I would do anything for you. When I was younger, because I wanted a particular thing, some sneakers, you know, I, I mowed the lawn. That's when I used to mow the lawn at the old house. This one, I like, that's too much brass for me, brother. <laughs> Listen, let's make a deal. I do this. <laughs> Can we do this? If anybody was like me when I was young, just asking around, like, you know, you just so, oh my God. You know, and see, this is how I get mom. Hey, mom, where do you want to go today? I'll take you anywhere you want to go. <laughs> anywhere you want to go. Amen. You do all, that's how we do with God. We just, you know, God, you're such a great God today. All right, what you want? <laughs> he knows what you want before you ask. Let's move. Here we go. Verse 9, in this manner. So now he transitions. Jesus said, and now in this manner. This is how I want you to, to, or to try to orchestrate your prayer life. A model, ladies and gentlemen, is a model. It is not something that you have to follow verbatim, but it gives you some principles to help push you and direct you in having a, an effective prayer life. So that's why we labeled this sermon the pattern. There is a pattern to prayer. Yes, there is a pattern to prayer. There is a way that you go about addressing your father in heaven. Let's start with this. Let's read it all together. It says, in this manner. Let me hear you. Therefore. Let's stop there. So let's go with this. Number one. Number one, let me give you this really quickly. Here we go. 
Number one, the disciples' basis of prayer is on an intimate relationship with God. Yeah. Why is Jesus saying, telling them what not to do versus what to do is because they're making prayer out to be a religious chore and they, not, they haven't moved it from a religious chore to an intimate relationship. Prayer is more than a ritual. You have to understand, prayer is, is not a ritual just in itself, but it, it, it's a relationship. It is a divine. My father says is that God cares so much for prayer that he laid his life down for it. Realizing this, what that means is this, is that connection between the spiritual realm and the, and the earthly realm had been interrupted because of sin. Connection with our heavenly father in the spiritual realm where we could just come boldly. You didn't you couldn't come boldly at first because of sin, the fall of one man. But now that Jesus is our mediator through our mediator, who is Jesus, we can now come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. As the Hebrew writer says. Because prayer, ladies and gentlemen, is more intimate than it is ritual, than ritualistic. It is, it's more intimate. Ladies. It, it is, that's why he says, in this manner, pray our Father who is in heaven. Let's, let, let's break this down for a second. Our Father in the Aramaic meaning, ladies and gentlemen, fathers held a critical role in first century Jewish society. You have to understand that fathers were viewed as a strong providers and examples on whom their children could depend. Mm, that's right, that's right. So first, Jesus is saying that, listen, our heavenly father, who which we call Abba, Abba yeah. is translated as father. Yeah. He's saying he, watch me, is dependable. Mm. He's saying your father is. Is not only dependable, but he's an example. That's how much you esteem him. That number one, you come to God, not just be like, hey, God. No, you come to him because he's your father. You come to him because he's your dad. He's someone that you can lean on as a protector, uh, someone that you can count on as an example that you could follow. When you address God, you can address him as your father. You have that access. Because of me, you have that access that he, you have now became adopted as a son in the Lord's house. You are no longer an orphan because you're not an orphan and you are a child of God. You have the access to call him your daddy. He's my father because that's the type of relationship we have. That's the type of relationship we have. Jesus models this prayer, demonstrates that the disciples on earth has direct access to the father, meaning that the father into where he is in heaven. That means that we have access that when you pray, you have to understand the spiritual significance of prayer that you then transport from while you're here to then being there where he is. You have to understand that when I say transport, that prayer is then the vehicle that leads me to where God is. 
leads me to where my father is. That I use this technology called prayer to then tap into the technology of heaven and bring down the wisdom and the understanding and I draw it from my dad that is in heaven. Is that making sense? Is that, is that, is that, is that clear? So you have an intimate relationship. So that's why people, when you, they don't, that's why they don't have a good view of prayer and they won't do it as much because they don't see the spiritual and relationship significance. Oh, I feel away from my dad. That's because you ain't talked to him. How often are you talking to your dad? That's how you need to see it. Oh, it's not how I didn't talk to God this week. No. How often do you talk to your dad? Because a lot of times you want to know what has what what has been the biggest thing that has robbed people and the reason why the devil tries to uh, to tries to come for the man in every household and really makes that a significance is because a lot of how our earthly father has shaped our lives shapes the relationship between uh, God our father versus us. And if we don't like talking to our dad on a com on a on a regular basis, you're not gonna really like talking to your heavenly father like that. Because it's hard for you to get past seeing God as your father when you have someone who may not you may not have the best communication with. And some sometimes we don't know how to communicate with our heavenly father the best way is because you still got daddy issues. And daddy issues hinders a relationship with your heavenly father at times because there's no way I can see God as my real protector when you didn't feel like your father protected you. And I know, well, that ain't true. Yes, it is. Because when was the last time you had a talk with him? A real talk. All right, let me show you this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 says, For through him we have both access by one spirit to what to the father you see again again father 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 jesus is telling you he's your father you have to see god he's just not the big guy that sits in heaven you know how people want to be like dealing to the big man upstairs you know what when i hear people say that they don't got a real relationship with god <laughs> the big man upstairs who is he he's your dad he more than that to the big man, you know, I'm a God-fearing man. How? You don't even see him that way. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Say, I'm not a stranger to God. I'm not a foreigner to God, but I'm a citizen with the saints and members of the household of who? Amen. Let's keep moving. So when you pray, you say, our Father who art in heaven. Now, the next part of this is hallowed be your name. Yeah. Number two, prayer seeks God's glory first. Yeah. When we come into this relationship of prayer, God wants to be acknowledged for who he is. That's right. That's right. You don't just come to him and be like, oh, trying to skip over his greatness mm. to get to what you want. Come You're on. selfish. Come on. Come on. No, God is a way that you approach God. And I know people be like, well, you can approach him as you are. Yes, you can. But there's still a way to approach him. You know why? Because guess what? God is not your equal. I, I, 
gotta destroy this myth for a second. I gotta destroy this myth. You know, I've been hearing certain guys and pastors say like, your pastor is not your equal. Let me tell you this. It's not your peer and all of that stuff. Let me tell you this. It, it's not about that. Because I'm a regular human being just like you and me, right? I'm nobody special. Yeah, you can reference an office of something. That's not wrong, but I'm still a brother in Christ with you, Amen. right? But there's a way that you approach your dad that's different than how you approach a brother and sister. That's right. You get what I'm saying? Like, you're not about to approach. There's a way that I approach my dad. I don't approach my brother or my sister or friends because I respect him for who he is. I honor him for his position in my life. That's what God wants. We honor him. We hollow his name, meaning that we respect the position of his name and who he is and what he brings and what he does in our lives. Are you getting what I'm saying? At the petition, ladies and gentlemen, a real disciple, they, they, they want God's name to be magnified in every area of life. Here's what tripped me out in the first century world, ladies and gentlemen, the name and the qualities associated with the name went together. I hollow his name because I guess everything goes along with his name. <laughs> ah, in the Philippians, the Bible would tell us that God has given Jesus a name that's above any other name. Everything of that is associated with healing, prosperity, provision. All of that stuff is wrapped up in the name. <laughs> when I'm hollowing his name, ladies and gentlemen, I am magnifying his name. See, the problem is you want to come with God to your problem first. But prayer is what changes you because you realize that his name is bigger than your problem. Look at somebody say his name is bigger than his problem. See, that's sometimes when we allow the world and life to overcome you. This past week, you know, keep my family in your prayer. This past week, my uncle, Uncle uh, Uncle John, Elder John Grimes, he went home to be with the Lord, continue to keep my aunt Shanta and um, my cousin Shakia and Mason in your prayers and stuff like that. So a lot was going on this week. Uh, he passed on third, uh, early Friday morning, around 2.16 in the morning. And so a lot was going on this week. But guess what? The thing that you have to be reminded of is that even in loss and even in, excuse me, that's a bad word, in transition, amen, because nothing is ever lost when you know where it is. Nothing's lost. You just transition from one place to the next. Meaning, ladies and gentlemen, you have to, I think sometimes we need to uh, remind ourselves as believers, we don't mourn as, uh, as <laughs> without hope because we understand this that to be gone from this place is just I just transitioned another home I don't I don't stop existing because I don't exist here I'm just in another place that you ain't there yet you gotta pass through death to get to life <laughs> let me stop because that'll, that'll go somewhere <laughs> that's trying to go somewhere but what I'm saying is this that even in that situation, even though you may have feel like, well, God, I was hoping that he turned around and all of that stuff. And you were. But guess what? No matter what, his name is still to be glorified. 
meaning that that his name, ladies and gentlemen, that he is still a healer because guess what? Ultimately, healing has came through death. <laughs> you pray for a loved one to be delivered, but sometimes deliverance comes through death. <laughs> Oh, glory. Because this earthly suit can't handle the spirit man. Oh, my God. Because it comes a time where I take off my mortality. I put on immortality. Oh, I got to stop here because his name is to still be hallowed. Oh, glory. I got to stop. <laughs> you have to understand that. See, your humanity, ladies and gentlemen, we suffer from the loss. It's understandable. Grief sucks. Why? Because you got this experience with a new normal. Can't tell nobody how to grieve. You can't tell nobody how to. You dare it, but there's still a right way to do it. Because you're acknowledging that God is still to be honored. He's still to be glorified. Why? Because even in your, even in what you feel like you can't put your mind around it and it feels crazy because it's a new reality and a new norm. The thing about his name is to be hollow that a part of the, the, the quality or the activity that is his name that he is a comforter. So everything about his name and the reason why I glorify his name in every, see, you have to realize this. The Bible says in everything, give God thanks because it is the will of God concerning who you and the reality of the matter is this, is that when I come praising his name and lifting his name up, I am performing the will of God that I'm performing the will of God to know I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will make a boast before the Lord, for he is my help. Because his name, a part of his name is help. A part of his name, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous will run it, and they are safe. Look at somebody say there's a pattern to this thing. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. It's 12 11. We're gonna get out of here. There's a pattern to this thing. Because I'm trying to tell you, this is about to transform your prayer life. Because the reality is, is that when I acknowledge Him, I am performing the will of God in prayer. I'm showing, I'm telling God that, listen, what's going on around me don't affect me and you because you, my daddy. And because I'm your child, I know that you have my, you are my covering. The Bible says that he is my hiding place. Well, Jesus, I praise you in here. There's nothing like hiding under your daddy. There's nothing like hiding under your daddy. There's nothing that, no, listen, that's why the enemy can't get me because I'm hiding under the shadow of his One good time shot, hallelujah. I'm trying to leave this point alone. <laughs> but 
I don't think you understand this. For, I, I'm trying to tell you. There takes a time. You have to understand that this is why a lot of believers walk around defeated. Because they don't feel like his name works. You have to understand the reason why the early apostles put so much on his name. Because everything, all of the qualities that exist in the Godhead is wrapped up in his name. That's why there is no other name that men can be saved. Because all of the qualities... Are all in the name of Jesus. That's why there's times, let me tell you something, if my wife don't mind me sharing this, there's times where she's been in like this, uh, uh, sweetie, what's it called? There's times where she's been in, um, like uh, her body is not like her, she's awake, but her body is not letting her sleep paralysis. We weren't going there, sweetie. <laughs> That's it, Sancho. Amen. Listen. Uh, <laughs> sleep paralysis. Amen. So. <laughs> Amen. So, sleep paralysis. And there was times where, like, y'all would hit her and she wouldn't get up. But something in her, in her, in her conscious, she would start saying Jesus. And all of a sudden, her body would get up. It would break. What I'm trying to tell you is she could call my name. That ain't doing nothing for you. Cause, but she called Jesus' name and that break whatever sleep paralysis that she had going on in her body. There's times where you could be experiencing a panic attack. But if you could just get Jesus out of your mouth. Oh, my God. If you just get it out of your mouth. Sometimes, a lot of times, the, the enemy wants to muzzle your mouth from getting it open. But if you could just say, Jesus, I don't care how faint it might be. It can be faint. But if you get he hears the word of his children. Is this making sense? says our father who are in heaven hallowed be his name be your name because <laughs> Jesus name is glorified above the heavens and the earth that everything has Jesus has authority in all of heaven and all of the earth and what's below the earth so when you're facing a demonic spirit that is through somebody I have power to tap into my right to use his name, my access to use his name because his name has been hollowed in the earth and all I'm doing is coming in my authority. They may not know it, but under my breath, in Jesus' name, I correct that spirit in them. They're not going to mess me up today. I'm starting 
the direct see my problem is is that we need to get this boldness back because let me tell you something if hell can be bold about what's going and taking people's lives and sending them down a course for the fall of our destruction we can be louder what's going to send them down the path of life and let them know that his name is still to be glorified Say, hallowed be your name. There's a reason why Jesus tells us you start this way. You don't have to say those exact words because out of relationship, you got your own words. That's why you got to see it as a relationship. I don't got to, I don't got to pray this verbatim. I can tell him who he is to my own life. Jesus, I exalt your name because you are a great healer. I thank you that God this morning, I'm in my right mind. I thank you that you're a mind regulator, that you're a heart fixer. I thank you, oh God, that even when I felt anxious, oh my God, a couple minutes ago, God, that you gave me that peace that surpasses all understanding. I exalt your name, Jesus. I exalt your name, Jesus. When I went through that depression, God, you were able to sustain me. When my body went down with the sickness, God, you were able to heal me. And I'm on the road to recovery out of my relationship with my daddy. That's why I exalt his name. Ask your neighbor, say, do you got a relationship with him? You got a relationship with them. When you got a real relationship with them, you can do that because that's my daddy. Dad, I thank you this morning, my heavenly father. Because guess what? It wasn't my alarm clock that woke me up this morning. But the old folks used to say that he picked me up. Turn me around. Place my feet. because I'm seeking God's glory first because when I come with my problem first I've already acknowledged my problem over God I'm putting my problem before God I'm exalting my problem over God instead of seeking his glory first because here's what happens can I give you what happens a lot of times when you seek God's glory first in prayer, sometimes you forget about what you were going through. Can I be honest with you? I was praying in the car on my way here. And you know, a lot is going on. Rent needs to be due in the first. Uncle just passed away. A lot of stuff just going on. This is going. This is happening. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm good though. Because I've been here before. I've seen this. What I'm telling you is this. All of a sudden, 
I'm praying in the car on my way here like I normally do. And I'm just praying and praying. And all of a sudden, I start getting filled. <laughs> I start getting filled in prayer time. I was about to talk like, Lord, God, you know he needs it. I didn't even come with like, I didn't even come like that. I was just like, Lord, I just thank you because I get to serve here every week. I just thank you, oh God, that I've been able to pastor those who you put in my hands. I just thank you, oh God, because Lord, Lord, I, it was because of what you gave me at the age of eight years old and you've been sustaining me ever since as I've been walking with you since August of 2001. And I just thank you, God, that you've seen the game me mercies after mercies and that goodness and mercy has been following me all the days of my life and as I've been building myself up oh what I've been going through it gets left behind and all of a sudden my mind starts changing all of a sudden my mind gets set to where God is because your problem ain't bigger than God and I don't come to God because I just have a problem. I come to him because I can. It's my relationship. He's my dad. I can talk to him whenever I feel like it. At any moment of the day. I was talking to somebody one time. Well, I don't think God wants to hear me. Who told you that lie? Who fooled you into thinking that? Well, because I, 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 I'm still struggling with, with who I am and da, da 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 Well, let me tell you something. If you can't talk to him, who else can you talk to? Who told you this lie? God ain't telling you to come to him. He'd rather you come to him dirty as you are instead of you putting on like the heathen. That's what the hypocrites do. That's what Jesus is saying. They're dirty and they know they're dirty. And they still acting like they're not dirty and looking down on other people. He said, I'd rather you come in as you are. Because I'll reward you openly and show I can use somebody who they think is not as spiritual and make them more, do more for the kingdom of God than what they do. Look at somebody say, don't you judge somebody just because of what they do. Because you don't know what's happening in secret. Hi. Jesus, you don't know the transformation that's happening in secret. You don't know where God has already saved them from. You don't know where God has brought them to get them to where they are. So you can charge and look on the outward all you want. But guess what? Eventually, the inward is going to come out outwardly. And you're going to see the favor of God. Say it. trying to help somebody today. this is the pattern prayer because I got a relationship standing for everybody hallelujah thank you Jesus this is my pattern of prayer this is Jesus model to us on how we should pray it's not telling us you got to say these words verbatim that's not what he's saying just use this to help guide you Anybody remember in school study guides? See, the study guide was to help you to study. Because sometimes what was on the study guide may end up being on the test. 
just worded it a little different. <laughs> what you refuse to study will hinder you. What you refuse to tap into, you will fail test. Why? Because you didn't tap into what God has given. He's given us these models, these examples, so that you can follow them. Because you're going to need this for the test called life. Ladies and gentlemen, life, you know what all of us have in common, no matter what your skin color is, no matter male or female, because there's only two, and I don't care what they tell you. All of us have to deal with this thing called life. That's what unifies us all, no matter what your political party is. All of you, all of us, has to deal with this thing called life and nobody is escaped from this thing called life you know sometimes people try to take themselves out of here because they don't want to deal with life you don't have to use suicide as an option when God is giving you the option of prayer oh I don't think God is there you have to realize just because the teacher is quiet in the room while a test is going on, their presence are still there. <sighs> they haven't gone nowhere. It's just the teacher is looking at the student to see how the student is going to respond to a little trick question they put in the test. Let me tell you something. Pressure is necessary in this thing called life. How is the gold refined if it's never put through pressure? How is the olive ever crushed to produce oil if it's never crushed? You have to understand the crushing, the pressing, all of that is a part of life. And that's what God uses. That's what sometimes makes the angels say to themselves, how do they still believe and yet experience this? That's how you can sing. A, that's why we have a song that the angels don't, they can't sing and they can't relate to. No angel has ever been redeemed. No angel has ever ha has the ability of redemption. Why? Because there's such a thing called fallen angels. God gave them no redemption. But for some odd reason, those whom he made a little lower than the angels. He gave us a redemptive quality that they don't have. And you know why he didn't give them a redemptive quality? Because they actually seen him in person. Blessed are those who have believed, but yet have not seen. It's a mystery that we call this thing called life. Because we are trusting God because what we see it's his glory that has been manifested in our presence when we have felt his redemptive power of knowing that we've been redeemed from who we were. And now God is making us new. And that's why Jesus told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen. Because while you have the privilege of seeing me, there's going to be people who have not seen me, but they'll feel and sense me and they'll see my glory and presence and they will believe. That's why God gave us the redemptive quality. 
and the angels don't have one because they have a little bit more of a benefit than what we have. But we have a benefit that they don't have because we had a choice. If you don't know Jesus, I thank you. I'm telling you now, I, I'm going to give you who he is. Because you have to understand, ah, can I tell you this one last thing? Can I tell you this? Can I make this so plain to you? Do you not know that the fallen angels, they know who God is. They've seen his glory. They've witnessed the triune God. When Pastor Dawn was preaching about even they know of the goodness of God. When they know, because they have seen. And what they do is try to blind those who have not seen to make them think different. But if they came into contact, and as they did, when you saw that man who had a legion of demons come into contact with Jesus, they acknowledged him and they said, have you already came to send us away? Because they know who he is. And the powers of this world want you to not know who he is because they know who he is. They know of a real reality of heaven and hell. They know of their faith. That's why they want to tell you there is no God. But they know there's a God. But the lies of the world is to tell you there ain't one. And that's why Jesus said, this is why I'm giving you this pattern. To show you how prayer works. Because prayer illuminates who the heathens and hellions are in your life. I'm going to show you, you want to, oh, I want to get married so bad. I'm going to show you who, who. Because everybody who presents themselves, ain't it? Every business opportunity you get, you ain't meant to take. Because there's a demonic principality behind it that can strip you up. Not every job offer you're supposed to take just because it got more money to it. Because the allure to it don't mean that it's the wisest thing to do. <laughs> if you don't know Jesus, I'm hearing this prophetically. I'm telling you that there in the next couple months, there are going to be different things that come your way, opportunities, and things are going to look so grand. And I'm like, ooh, it's going to look so good. And guess what? You're going to allow yourself to try to take it because you see the allurement of the attraction of it. I'm telling you, you better pray first. Because not everything that glitters is gold. Oh, he just might be, she might be my, me the one. She, she fine and she know Jesus too. Even the demons know. I'm trying to tell you, it's going to be in your brain all the rest of this year. If you don't know who Jesus is, I give you Jesus. I want to give you them so that you can have this personal relationship with the Father. And Jesus, all he said, all you got to do is believe in your mouth and confess with you, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I'm not here to tell you what's genuine to you or not because God knows who you are. That's what I tell people, well, uh, well, you can lose your salvation. How are you going to tell God who is his and who's not? You can't tell people they can lose something because they can't. If they never had it, God knows who had it and who didn't. God knows who made a genuine profession of their faith and who didn't. God knows who put on and who didn't. 
you're not God. You can't dictate that to people. I can't tell you who's going into heaven or hell. I can just look by the actions and we can assume, but you can't tell them. I'm here to give you Jesus. I'm here to give you the truth of the matter. You can believe that Jesus is a white man's religion that they got out here. You can believe that Jesus don't exist and all of that stuff. And guess what? You'll be falling into the same fallacy that the demons of this world, knowing who he is, is trying to make you believe that he's not. And if they spend their time of making you believe something that they are, making you believe, making you not to believe something that they know is true, then that means this is true. But your humanity is wrestling against putting your, your, your humanity under the lordship of Christ. Your spiritual man wants to come alive. Your type of spirituality that you're trying to mix all of this other stuff together ain't working for you. Because there's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. So I want to offer you him today. If you need a church home, I'm telling you now, you can't do life alone. I don't want to hear all of this about, well, churches are this. It's like that everywhere. Why? Because you're dealing with people. People are still being born again. Transformation is still happening in the lives of people. How dare you? Oh, the church of hypocrites. So are you. We just can't call you out yet because we ain't got up on you. I'm telling you, join somewhere. All that fallacy you hear out there, you need a church home. There's not, let me tell you something. You hear about a lot of churches that do versus things, but there's a lot of great ones that are outweighing the majority. You don't let a few apples spoil the bunch. You don't go, listen, let me tell you this now. Not all the restaurants that got the same name don't mean that they all equal. That's it, that's it. That you don't go back to that one, you go to the one that gives you the good service. That's it. Amen. Amen. Not all longhorns are equal. That's why I go over there to that one in Columbia. I'm just telling you, you need a church home. I'm a crazy pastor, but I love you. I love all our people here. I'm a pastor. I keep it real at all times. What you see is what you get, Phoenix, though. <laughs> what you see is what you get. I ain't here to babyfy nobody. I'm here to tell you like it is and still love you at the same time. Amen. If you don't know who Jesus is, but I'm more concerned about you know who Jesus is. Let's look, everyone, those of you watching online, because I know it's quite a few of you, those of you in this room, let's all repeat it together so that no one feels left out. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Today, I repent of my sins. I acknowledge you died, that you were buried, that you rose again and that you ascended to the right hand of the Father just for me today. I want to make you the Lord over my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, text that number. We had a young lady give their life to Christ last week for texting the number. Listen, heaven rejoices with you. We want to tell you the next uh, uh, steps of your salvation get you plugged in here at TCF. And oh my God, if you're glad about it, come on, I'll pick this up next Sunday. Let's give God a great praise. Amen. 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 Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus.
Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.